beginning of the lockdown in March, I lost my job. I spent months applying for everything under the sun until I met my friend Susie. Susie is a career coach, author and an expert in helping people back into work. Within a month, I was starting a brilliant new job. But how did I do it? Over the coming weeks, we'll help you understand the best way to find your next great job. So join me, Matthew. And me, Susie. As I ask her, how do I get a job, Susie? Hello and welcome to How Do I Get a Job, Susie? And the Susie in that title is Susie Dale. Hi. Now, Susie, it's the end of season one of the podcast, so we're having what you would describe as a socially distanced party. Um, It's been a tough year, so do remember to be kind to yourself, and we're being kind to ourselves with a little sparkling non-alcoholic wine. So that's the sound of a a, a bottle of wine opening. Because... (laughs) The job is not quite done, Susie. This time, we're going to be getting the best advice on how to approach a job offer. So, we hope that all our listeners get to this point eventually. And we think it's really important that you approach this as another step in getting the right job for you, don't we, Susie? We do, definitely. Yeah, so if you've received a job offer, um, whilst we've been recording these episodes, then well done. Um, if you haven't, then do look back and, and listen to some of our other podcast episodes. Hopefully they'll give you um, some tips and ideas as to how to go about getting a new job and, and keep going until you do. But hopefully 2021 will be a better year all round, um, including for job hunters. Um, but if you haven't been made an offer yet, you need to think about what kind of pay package you, you expect from the role and how to go about negotiating it. You also need to start thinking about how to make a good impression in your first few weeks or months of a, of a new role. So we're going to be covering all of that in today's episode. Brilliant. And just to, for, for my uh, purposes, is the um, sparkling non-alcoholic wine tax deductible as it is our end of season party? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You'd have but, to ask accountant about that. <laughs> <laughs> but before we start negotiating, let's look in the post bag. Hey, stop, wait a minute, Matt and Susie. I've sent you an email, it's a doozy. Hey, Matt and Susie, read it out. i got a lot of stuff to talk about. This jingle means we're reading your post out. So, um, Susie, we have a mail here from, let's call her Jane. Um, It's, I have been offered a job, and I've been very unhappy in my current job. I really want to stick it to my boss and resign right away. When should I tell my boss to stick his job? (laughs) An interesting one, that one. It is, yeah. Thanks, Jane, for writing in, and congratulations on being offered a new role, but never, ever leave under a cloud, because you never know when you might need help from the people that you've worked with in the past. So handle this and your notice period sensitively, so it's best not to tell anyone that you've been uh, made a job offer until it's all sealed, signed, and delivered. In other words, when uh, you have a formal written agreement in place with a start date from your new, from your new employer. Um, and also remember that you might have to serve out an notice period so that might be in your existing contract with your current employer and the length of of which will depend on the on the details of the contract 
Um, and sometimes you'll also be asked to do a handover period with the person replacing you. Um, so just bear in mind that you know you can't just drop everything and leave on that day, unfortunately. So there's no kind of getting a comedy um, sort of ream of paper and throwing it up in the air. <laughs> walking out, getting on the back of a Harley Davidson and flicking the bird <laughs> to your former boss. None of that then? None of that's allowed? No, it sounds like quite good fun, but not not advisable. Now, I don't know what's sadder, that the series is over after this, um, Susie, or that we're recording this on New Year's Eve, like a couple of saddos. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be back, hopefully, in the new year, and we'd love to know from you what you would like to discuss about jobs. If you've got an idea for a show or you'd just simply like to um, write in and tell us the issues you're having, we would love to hear from you in season two. Um, but right now, uh, email us at hello at susiedale.co.uk or tweet us on at howsusie. And remember, you can still join our Facebook group uh, or LinkedIn, How Do I Get a Job, Susie? So uh, next up, it's negotiating and starting your brand new job writing your cv coping with a covering letter being distracted by a youtube video of a waving bear you're listening to how do i get a job susie so susie um let's talk about you've just been given the role um you're delighted and when that call comes from the employer saying, well done, you've got the job, what should be the first thing that you do? So I would say that you need to stop and think. Sorry, I know that sounds really boring. (laughs) Uh, But um, the first thing you need to think about is whether or not this is actually the right role for you. Um, And I've seen a few people over the years who have um, been made an offer and at that point said to the recruiters, you know what, I just don't think this is the right opportunity. Um, That's because they've uncovered something during the selection procedure that's made them feel really uncomfortable about the role or maybe Mm -hmm. the interview viewers have been overly aggressive with them and if you feel like the fit is not right for you then it's absolutely fine to politely reject the offer I mean it's a two-way thing isn't it when you when you've taken on a you've been to maybe their offices if you know in not maybe not at this time but if you do go to their offices and find the environment a bit hectic or maybe it's too quiet for you or maybe you just found that even the the journey's just too long to get there that you didn't realise. Um, there's lots of things that can kind of unnerve you about whether you really want the job or not, aren't there? Yeah, that's right. And and it's worth, if you haven't already done so, it's worth listening to our episode on finding the right role for you. Um, yes. Because I think, as you say, the fit has to be right on both sides of the table um but if if you feel that the the role is right for you then then that's brilliant and and so they'll put forward an offer which will include pay and maybe some benefits as well well you don't have to accept it straight away you could tell them that um you're really happy with that they've made you a job offer and thank them for that um but then there's a number of scenarios so if you are happy with the pay and benefits that have been offered, then obviously you could accept those and ask for, for that in writing. If you're not sure um, whether the um, whether the deal's right for you, you could negotiate with them. Um, and um, then if having negotiated with them, you're still not sure uh, whether it's right, you could ask them for 24 hours to think about it. Um, if the negotiations have got close to what you wanted, 
you can ask at what point in the future will there be an, an opportunity to review um, the the pay package because sometimes you know um, people go through a probation period yes. when they start a new role and then um, at the probation um, meeting there's sometimes an opportunity to sit down and say oh well you know look how well I've performed during the last six months or whatever and therefore can we please review um, my pay and benefits going forward um, and if you've negotiated with them and you've still got nowhere in terms of what you want um, you can reject the offer but obviously still be civil and, and keep in touch with the employer because you never know when another opportunity might open up at that organisation or they might actually call you back in at a later date and say okay we've had a think about it and we can offer you a bit more. Um, we've discussed this before in um, the application form uh, episode but what happens if you've already been caught on the hop during the interview process and have already been asked about your expectations, say, for how much money you want, um, and you've already said that, uh, what kind of, what do you do with that once you once you get to the offer? Yeah, so ideally you, you today um, discussing pay until the employer makes you the offer, and that's because it's only then that you're really in a position of power. You know, you know that they want you, and you're in the best uh, possible uh, position to negotiate with them. Um, but they, like you say, they might ask you about your expectations before then. So um, if the job ad hasn't already stated the pay, always go into the interview with an idea of what the going rate is for the type of role that you're applying for. And there's salary survey tools that you can use out there, including one on uh, Glassdoor and one on LinkedIn. We'll leave the URLs in the in the description. Um, but bear in mind that the salary should be closely linked to the demands of the role, um, as well as the location and sector. So if, for instance, you're applying for a role in a big city, you can expect the pay to be slightly higher than if it's in a more rural area in general. Um, um, and um, when it comes to sector, so private versus public versus third sector salaries tend to be quite differently structured. Um, but the most important consideration, as I said, is the demands of the roles. So once you've considered all of these things, um, you can either throw back the question to them um, and say, well, what's the normal rate pay range that you'd, you'd provide for this kind of role? Well, you can say something along the lines of, well, based on what I know about the demands of this role, I think a range of X to Y would be appropriate. And it is more than just money, isn't it, we need to be thinking about here in, in when we're negotiating? Yes, that's right. There's a whole host of other benefits that may or may not be available to new recruits, like um, payment for travel expenses, it might be healthcare schemes, it might be flexible working um, arrangements. So it's really worth incorporating those into the discussion as well because it, it might be that they can't budge on pay that they've only got a very tight pay budget but they can give you the other benefits which obviously a lot of them have a monetary value attached to them so it's always worth considering those as well. I mean it's interesting sometimes I mean I've been in this position where the the the, the, uh, the almost there is no negotiation they've said um, this is the starting salary um, that's what everybody starts on. Um, and interestingly, I, I kind of got that from my last employer, but I did push them to say, you know, have worked at a higher pay before. They asked me to prove my pay um, through kind of tax tax returns and, and, and things like that, um, just to make sure that I had been paid that higher salary. Um, and then they accepted to pay me a higher salary so it, okay. it is often that case that they might come in at there's absolutely no way we can 
do better than the starting salary that we've published or that we're we're offering you right now. But it is a negotiation whether they feel like it is or not. And it's all about their willingness to employ you, really, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. So don't be afraid to kind of try and open up a negotiation discussion um, because you never know where it may lead. But always aim for a win-win because even at the point where they say, you know, we really like you and we want to make you an offer, if you were to push them too far, they could still turn around and say, you know what, we're just going to take John because he just wants the basic pay and that's an awful feeling. Yeah. So in that that respect, I guess, what should we do to make sure that – when we have negotiated, everything is kind of in line and we can accept the role. What would, what, what kind of thing are we looking for? At that just point? Make, make sure that you get everything in writing as soon as possible and go through the letter or email with a very fine tooth comb to make sure that, that it does accurately reflect everything that's been agreed. So, I mean, I, I guess what I would say about this in terms of my experience is that people... Um, who genuinely have the right kind of experience and shown that they're worth more than maybe you're willing to pay them as an initial offer, tend to you tend to have that in your mind as an employer straight away, that, you know, I really want this person, am I willing to push the boat out? And for some organisations, that might be to, you have to go to the very top of the organisation for approval to get a higher salary agreed. Um, so it's not plain sailing for the employer, um, necessarily and that person's got to to kind of keep up with your expectations and um you've got to kind of make sure that you don't lose sight of of the process because sometimes and i know this from experience it could take maybe a week to get approval for that that higher salary so just making sure that you're keeping in regular contact checking up on but uh but not being too pushy about um why they haven't accepted your kind of counter offer yeah i think what can also really help um is if you can give them lots of evidence as to how you've made a positive impact in in your previous roles um because that then clearly shows them how you can add value potentially to their business and you know what we both know from working for say government organizations that that's the sort of thing that goes on forms that you need to fill in exactly the boss to approve the higher salary so exactly like and subscribe this podcast and write us a review but don't look about make it a five-star one we're not an uber driver who's dropped you off 100 yards from your house okay so um we've done all the negotiations we've got uh, our new job um we've gone out and bought some new clothes from next to men or (laughs) or next for women whichever gender you tend to be um so you've got the job Um, what are the best things to do right at the start of that new role? Well, uh, there's lots to do. Um, Firstly, um, you can start to learn as much as you possibly can about the business. Um, So you should have started this research before you went for an interview, but um, you can expand on it at this point. Um, So get some key sort of facts and figures, like who are the directors, who are the competitors of the business, where are they based, how many staff have they got, what are their key priorities and challenges, 
talk to your line manager about your priorities and the expectations they have have on you in the role. You can also find out about the culture um, of the of the organisation, and we've touched on this before. So, for instance, is it very competitive and fast paced? Is it relaxed with more of a family feel? Try and suss it out um, when you join by asking your line manager and your colleagues, and also by just watching their behaviour. Um, you can meet other people who will be important in your roles. They might be suppliers, they might be customers, might be other people that you work with, find out what their priorities are and how you can best work together to to generally get things done. I mean, it's very easy sometimes, isn't it, to be sort of handed a, a kind of company manual and sort of sat down and be told just sit there and read that all day. And that's yeah. quite a little bit soul-destroying on your first day when everyone might be sort of jumping around you and being really active and knowing what they're talking about and stuff. So, you know, just try to have conversations with real people. Um, don't bury your head in that book they've given you. Um, you can always take that home, I guess, into the most most of the time and do that kind of work in the evening maybe. Yeah. But really it's important to get that out there and meet as many people as you can. Talk to people who might not even have anything to do with your role uh, who just work close to you because often the in the new sort of modern work environment everybody's very open plan you might be meeting people at the coffee machine every day at the same so don't so don't shy away from some early conversations with just general work colleagues it's always a good thing to do isn't it yeah definitely so i mean, I mean what i would you say are your top tips on starting a new role susie I think a lot of it um, comes down to getting the balance right between learning and actually making an impact. So I think a lot of us have seen other people coming into um, a business thinking that they already know all the answers um, from from their previous workplace. Mm. Um, and uh, that, that doesn't tend to go down um, too well. Um, but equally, you know, sometimes come, people come into a, a new business and it's all you know, really overwhelming, and and they might sort of shy away from from starting to get involved in the day to day activities, and so it's it's just getting that balance right between um, between you know learning as much as you can, um, but also showing people that you're not a threat, and you're not wanting to kind of suddenly change the way that everything's been done around uh, around the place until you have a clear idea of, of how things will go down. Sure, and I guess there's a sort of balance to strike between being like an annoying um, toddler asking lots of questions all the time (laughs) and, uh, and, you know, playing it a little bit cooler in the first few days, observing more, um, listening more, not kind of throwing yourself into lots of being helpful situations, but just trying to suss things out. Yeah, I like the analogy. (laughs) What what else about starting a new role, Susie? I mean, we're heading into 2021. Um, people might be doing lots of different new roles that they've never done before. You know, you talked about that kind of um, being worried that you might be trying to be a bit of a know-it-all when you get into the, your new role. But what if you've never done a role before that, that you're undertaking? It's obviously a lot more challenging then. Um, but... Uh, um, I mean, the new employer wouldn't have taken you on, presumably, unless you have the right transferable skills. So you'll already come to the workplace uh, with 
some relevant skills that you can start to use um and then it's just about like like we said earlier it's just about um kind of learning talking to people and trying to get a feel for what works in that environment um, what the challenges are what the low-hanging fruit are sure, um, sure. and then as soon as you can you know start to start to make a, an impact I mean, one one bit of advice I would give is that, you know, see what you can be responsible about your kind of induction because a lot of people kind of let induction flow over them. They get things done to them. But actually, if it is sort of setting up your IT, can you do that on your own without um, needing your manager to intervene or help you? Can you sort out things for yourself, like where you sit or, how you know, what, how you log in or are there things that you can do to phone the right person to get you set up um, so it takes the burden away from other people and you start to take responsibility for your own job um, straight away? So, you know, look for those kind of opportunities to do, to take responsibility for your, your own management, if you like, um, as early as possible. Yeah, really good ideas. Be proactive. On your laptop... Linking in with a potential boss. Whilst boiling the kettle for the 30th time that day, you're listening to How Do I Get a Job, Susie? So, um, that is all we've got for you this series. Uh, <laughs> it's been a whistle-stop this week, but um, it is New Year's Eve, and the, 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 the bells will be chiming soon, uh, because we've decided to record this at 11.35 in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> but um, as the bells of Big Ben ring out, it's not the, be- the bell. Big Ben's the bell, not the clock tower. I did get that right. Uh, <laughs> it, we'll be looking back at it in 2021 with lots more uh, great shows to to delve into the world of job hunting. Susie, do you think we've achieved our overall status as the Phil and Kirsty of job hunting? Oh. I don't know. I think we'd have to ask Phil and Kirsty about that. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who's joined in with this series in one way or another. All of our brilliant guest speakers, everyone who's sent in comments or questions. And of course, you, Matt, for coming up with the idea in the first place and seeing it through. Oh, uh, shucks. And your very professional production skills. So, oh, yeah, thank you. Done. So join our groups go back to the beginning and if you have lost your job this year what message have you got for our listeners Susie I know everyone's already said this but it really has been a tough year um but um we will get through this and 2021 promises to be much better so I'd just like to wish you all the very best with your job hunt keep persevering until you've found a job and when you do let us know so please email us, hello at susiedale.co.uk or tweet us on at HowSusie, join our Facebook group and LinkedIn groups. How do I get a job, Susie? And thank you very much for stopping by. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait a minute, Susie. Ding, 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 ding. No, I'm joking. It's, it's actually half past two in the afternoon. <laughs> see you. See everybody. Bye. Happy New Year. Listening to How Do I Get a Job, Susie? Email us at hello at susiedale.co.uk and follow us on Twitter at HowSusie.